pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football. Welcome back. And uh, we've got a story here I think uh, I think you're really going to like. Manny Navarro joining us uh, from The Athletic. Uh, he and one of his colleagues, Grace Rayner, uh, interviewed a number of high school recruits. Headline, Recruiting Confidential, High School Stars Dish on NIL deals, arrogant coaches, and more. It is fascinating uh, getting deep under the surface of what is really going on as young players make that transition. Not exactly the way it used to be. Manny, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, you coming on. Let's, let's take the NIL card first before we get to the arrogant coaches. Um, <laughs> but this, how, how do you get uh, these players to agree to this and, and, and tell us how the protection of confidentiality works? Well, the good thing is when you go to the Under Armour All-American game or any of these All-American games, they have a full media day. So you get a chance to to run into these guys, spend about 10, 15 minutes with each of them. And so what I always try to do is uh, tell them, hey, uh, I'm doing a survey. It's going to be private. It's not going to have your name attached to it. Uh, can we ask you some questions about NIL and, uh, and other things? And usually uh, after they get a taste for the questions, you, you can figure out who's really going to be talking to you and who's just kind of protect themselves because they're so worried about getting caught or getting in trouble for saying something they shouldn't. Uh, but uh, we got about 20 to 25 kids uh, in Orlando to uh, to talk to us about some of these subjects. And thankfully, we were able to uh, to put out this story. And, and Manny, uh, give us a composite. I was shocked by some of these numbers. Uh, we talked to Mike Luxley earlier, and he was throwing up a number about 100,000. That's really the minimum. But you were talking to the elite of the elite what, what's the what's the going rate uh, for, for, for a high school player now yeah well we i had one player in particular who said that he was offered uh, the same by about uh, four or five different schools he said it was about three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars per year with the ability to earn more now this is was a top 100 recruit uh a guy that uh, certainly had a lot of great schools coming after him and uh is going to be a, a great player in college football i think uh, in the years to come. So he was the top of the top. But a lot of other guys uh, mentioned somewhere between 80 to about 100,000 per year uh, is what they could earn. Um, and, and ultimately, I think some of them, you know, left uh, 50, 75, $100,000 on the table, uh, they said anyway, to sign with the school and the coaches that they uh, really wanted to play for. Mm. Uh, I shouldn't be surprised because this has been going on now for nearly three years, but it, it is still staggering to hear. Uh, an elite reporter like you talk about uh, what these guys are telling you. This is not supposition. This is not speculation. This is coming from their mouths. Let's get to the next part of it because it's so interesting to hear the raw conversations of young players talking about those coaches. First of all, who who do these guys like? Well, I think uh, a lot of the younger coaches certainly uh, who I think have those kind of personalities that just blend well with uh, younger players. Uh, I think Mike Norvell was one name that, that I heard a lot of positive things about. 
Uh, I think Mario Cristobal, he's always been a guy who's who's keen into recruiting. I cover the the state of Florida for the athletics. So naturally, those names uh, I, I come out with first because <laughs> the ones that I heard the most from some of the players in, uh, in the game. But there were certainly others. Um, you know, I think uh, Lane Kiffin is a guy that a lot of the guys respect. Again, another young coach who maybe just gets these guys better than others do. Um, so, you know, uh, just a lot of positive things. There weren't many negative comments, if we're being honest. I think a, a lot of these kids like the coaches uh, that they dealt with it, through the recruiting process, uh, particularly their position coaches or their coordinators, whoever it was that they had the best relationship with. But I really, to be honest with you, Paul, didn't hear a lot of negativity. I was surprised uh, by a couple of comments about, I think it was Jimbo Fisher. Well, let me correct myself. I wasn't really surprised. <laughs> um, but Dabo Sweeney, who looks like a guy that can connect very well, and I know mm -hmm. he has, uh, but there were uh, even, even Nick Saban got a few, uh, one or two detractors, didn't he? They did. Uh, there was one player in particular who mentioned that uh, Nick did not uh, sort of acknowledge their mother uh, during one of the recruiting trips on campus and that it really bothered their mom. And so he kind of didn't like Nick uh, for that reason. Um, there was another player who told me he just didn't like Saban's vibe. Uh, one player who I guess was at Texas A&M in the summertime before uh, Jim Jimbo was fired said he went to a practice and just thought he cussed too much and yelled at guys way too much. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of funny hearing some of the comments. But uh, again, I, I got to say, for the most part, a lot of positive comments uh, by, by most of the players about the coaches. Uh, you know, when I asked them, I said, was there somebody who annoyed you or just bothered you? They all kind of got a little squeamish, like, should I really say this? Uh, but again, we did get some responses to that question, too. Manny Navarro, uh, on a very busy day where we're still waiting for the official announcement of Kalen DeBoer at Alabama. We expect it shortly. It's all but... Uh, been made official. Uh, let me let me ask you about the state you cover. Uh, we'll start with Cristobal because Manny, three or four years ago, when Cristobal was at Oregon, if you had asked me who is the who would be on the short list to replace Nick Saban, he would have been at or near the top because of his recruiting prowess. What does his outlook look like right now at Miami? Well, he's got to start winning. You know, uh, he improved by two wins this past season, but uh, ultimately everybody remembers this Miami season uh, for Cristobal not taking a knee against Georgia Tech and blowing what to that point had been an undefeated season. Uh, so I think, you know, he's got to improve uh, in the win column this coming season. Look, uh, Paul, it's been uh, two decades here of Miami football where there's been one double-digit uh, win season. Uh, that was Mark Richt in 2017. So, Mediocrity has been the Miami way now for a good uh, portion of uh, the last 20 years, and uh, it's it's not an easy sort of rebuild. I know people talk about the talent, and you know Miami's always going to have great players in their backyard, but uh, look at the quarterback position in particular. It's uh, really been a disappointment for many, many years now. They used to call it quarterback U. It's no longer that. I think it starts with finding a quarterback. I don't know that he necessarily has that guy on the roster. You may have to wait until the next transfer portal period opens in April. We know Florida State is in good shape. They just uh, <laughs> extended Norvell a couple of years ago. He was in trouble. But the guy that everybody is talking about is Billy Napier. We had Spurrier yeah. on here last night, and you could just kind of feel the confusion. Uh, he was trying to say the right thing, but he didn't. Uh, what does it look like down there, especially from a recruiting standpoint? Uh, because that recruiting class, had, he got one of the best players in the country, but it seemed like more players were decommitting than they were committing. 
Yeah, seven decommitments, I think, from mid-November on as the Gators went through that five-game losing streak to end the season. And uh, I talked to a lot of the guys who decommitted uh, from that class. It ended up at Texas and other places, Miami. Uh, those kids talked about just uh, just how disappointing it was to see the Gators fall apart the way that they did. They said the worst night in particular was when they lost to Florida State, a game that if you go back and watch again, you say, man, Florida, Florida was in that game. They had an opportunity to beat the Seminoles. And so I think when you have that sort of uh, negativity just continuing through your season, rolling, it just builds this, this momentum. And, and ultimately, uh, Billy Napier's got to turn it around somehow. I think DJ Lagway is going to be the key to it all, the freshman quarterback who you referenced, uh, one of the best in the country. I know Graham Mertz is coming back, but if you're the Florida fan base, if you're a bunch of recruits looking at that Florida program, you want to see that young guy get on the field and give that fan base and, and, and those recruits something excited uh, something exciting uh, to to look forward to. And so I think, uh, you know, it could be a very short stay for Billy Napier if uh, things get off on the wrong foot here. Great stuff from Manny Navarro. Phenomenal story. Really enjoyed it. Manny, it's always great to see you. Thank you for dropping in. Thanks, Paul. Good talking to you. You bet. Uh, we, as we head to the break, uh, let me update. We'll have uh, Mad Dog Russo on final hour. We thought we needed a couple of laughs after uh, one of the most tumultuous weeks we've had in a long time. And again, repeating what is seemingly about to happen in Tuscaloosa. It's all but certain that they have their man, Kalen DeBoer, according to our, our last guest, Bruce Feldman, just about 30 minutes ago, informed his team at Washington he is leaving to go to Alabama. 48 hours ago at this very moment, we learned that Saban was stepping down after he informed his team. Now we learn his replacement has just informed his team. Uh, I don't know exactly what the schedule looks like from the University of Alabama standpoint. I'm sure they were they are going to get uh, Coach DeBoer to Tuscaloosa as quickly as possible, but that's not a very easy thing to do. It's about a five-and-a-half-hour flight. I have taken that flight to Seattle. They will get him there uh, at some point tonight uh, and have him meet with his team, his new team, no longer Nick Saban's team, but Kalen DeBoer about to become the new head football coach at the University of Alabama. He played for the national championship only four days ago. What a week this has been, and we are not done yet. Stick around. We're coming right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get constant contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Back and again, the story of this day has been the story of this week, what's happening at Alabama. And Kalen DeBoer just about an hour ago informed his University of Washington team that he is leaving to go to Alabama. We uh, will probably get some sort of guidance from the university. Well, we think we'll get some sort of guidance before the day is over. Uh, Johnny B is up next. Good afternoon. Thank you, Michael. Um, I just, I hate to break Larry, you know, I hope he's sitting down, doesn't have a mouthful of beer, but West Virginia is where Saban is from, and they fought with the Union. Uh, Saban is a Yankee, and here we done hired another Yankee. But I tell you what, you know, you said he'd hit 37 home runs, and I think Greg Byrne hit a home run with this hire. And, uh, you know, the guy's record speaks for himself. He he wasn't a coaching tree guy that rode somebody's coattail. He stands on his own merit, and his, his record's very impressive. And I think he'll do a, a fine job. What do you think? Uh, I do, too. I, I just, I'm, I'm glad you told me about West Virginia because <laughs> I don't know why. I know where they are geographically, but it seems like, don't you think West Virginia seems like a southern state? I realize it's not. It borders Pennsylvania. But... <laughs> I bet there were a few. I bet there were a few folks up there that weren't too happy with that decision. John is in St. Louis on this cold winter day. Hello, John. Hello, Paul. You there? I am. Thank you for asking. Paul, how are you doing today? John, I am doing great. Paul, anyway, a serious a serious call today, and part two is not going to be serious, but. Anyway, I just wanted to uh, congratulate Coach Saban on a just a fantastic, unbelievable career. I know, you know, Coach Saban and you remember Gary Pinkle used to coach at University of Missouri. They were teammates. They, yeah, they go back quite a ways. You know, they coached together, I think, at Akron way, way back in the day in the early 90s or something. But, uh, you know, after Coach Pinkle – became ill about 10 years ago with cancer, you know, Coach Saban was very, very open and such a nice individual and talking to uh, Coach Pinkle about it and was just a total class act. And I really respect Coach Saban, even though I, I always root against Alabama football and basketball. I have to admit that he, he really showed a lot of class there, Paul. And, uh, uh, you know, he's number one. You know, we never beat we never beat him, but we beat the bear back in remember back in the, the 19, Gator Bowl nineteen sixty eight year. Yeah, the, uh, Missouri beat Alabama one other time too. I thought. Missouri and they beat him in nineteen seventy four year. Yeah. They beat him at Legion Field. First game of the year. And I believe that that's the only game that they lost at Legion. They and, lost uh, that. Uh, that is correct. Uh, they ended up playing Notre Dame uh, in, right. in, in, with a sh- maybe outside shot at the national championship. Right. But anyway, uh, I just wanted to kind of leave it on that, Paul. I'm going to be nice today. And uh, 
Anyway, I'm going to catch up with you next week. Though. I want to talk a little bit more about Mr. Nixon. I know you don't, you're tired of talking about that, but there's some things I found out about. I called the Nixon Library yesterday and this morning, and there's some information I want to share with you about Richard. Did e. you ever uh, find out, uh, John, how wrong you were about his middle name? Well, Paul, that's what we're going to talk about okay. next week. And you, you guys are not right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're, 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 yeah. you're, Paul, let me tell you something. I talk, uh, I, let me just give you real quick here. Do you remember when President Nixon had a lengthy interview? There was a series of interviews with David Frost in the yeah. late 60s, 70s. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. Well, first of all, it was the late, it was the mid, it was 70, uh, 79 year. It was 75 or 76. Um, and anyway. He was paid for the interview. It was very controversial. No. It was the only interview. Well, it, was the first, it was the first interview he gave after leaving the presidency in total disgrace. Well, uh, Paul, that's your opinion about No, disgrace, I don't think that's my opinion. No, no, when, no, 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 Paul. When, when, the, when two weeks earlier you get uh, impeached by the, House, uh, by the House Judiciary Committee, and Paul, then the Supreme Court impeached, rules sir. against you and you have to give over a tape, uh, that showed what a fraud and liar you were, and then you end up getting forced out because you had no longer any support in the in the United States Senate, and you were also going to be you were going to be impeached by the by the entire Senate, and uh, the next thing you know, uh, you on August eighth, uh, nineteen seventy four, you announce your resignation. What do you you want to tell me something? I don't know. Well, can can you let me talk, please? If you're capable, can I talk. Of can I talk? See. Please, can I talk? Yeah, I've answered your question. Yes. Okay. Well, well Paul, that's, this this is this is my whole point. You know, people, you you look back on history, Paul. By the, by the way, the interview. You was look, in, you uh, look uh, back. You look back at the Washington. You look back at the Washington. You the, the Washington Post. Okay. And the people that ran that paper, people like Ben Bradley. And those two clowns working for him. Woodward and then you, they, then you had the other, then you had the other jokers up there in New York yeah. called what is it? The New York Times. New York Times. And you had people like what? Daniel Ellsberg. Yeah, Pentagon Papers. Remember them? And what is, what does that all add up to, Paul? That that's called fraud. That's called making up stories to sell papers. And that's really what's still, that's very persuasive in, in today's society still about how the press exacerbates stories. They make things up to sell papers. And that's a crime, Paul. And you know something, Paul, you know it. You know what I'm talking about. John, Richard Nixon was a crook. He was not a he crook, He would have gone Paul. to jail had Gerald Ford not pardoned him. <laughs> He was, he was not a crook. He was a criminal. He was not a criminal. He resigned in disgrace. You need to accept that. It is 2024, and this happened will, in 1974. Paul, it has we're been coming up on 50 the 50 years, up on, John. You need to go see a therapist about your no. hang-up with Richard E. Nixon. E. Nixon. <laughs> Paul, you have a good weekend. Thank you. <laughs> we are never, ever, ever getting back together again. Uh, let's talk to Dominic in Pittsburgh. Hey, Paul, how are you doing? Dominic, you called it. You called the shot. Yep. I have a couple things I wanted to talk to you about. Well, go right ahead. So, first, 
first, I just wanted to call you today and see what you thought about my little birdie's news last night. For those who weren't here, Dominic had the story while everybody else was obsessing over different candidates. How did you know that? Oh, that little birdie flew all the way from the Caribbean to my house, baby. Ooh. Yeah, and also, my little birdie gave me a little non-SEC nugget. Ryan Grubb, next head coach at the University of Washington. Take my word on that, Paul. Dominic, I think you may be onto something here. Oh, and by the way, today in class, when I was working on my notes for the show, <laughs> and a letter to Coach Saban asking for a signed picture for you and Randy, right. my teacher came up and took everything from me because I was supposed to be doing my math sheet. I told her it's okay, though, because the Tide just hired the board, and I smell a natty in 24. <laughs> Roll damn Tide, Paul. See you later, buddy. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. This is now the call. I mean, he is the early favorite for caller of the year, don't you he think? Is, he's in the hunt. Man, Cat Daddy is yesterday's news. Dominic right now is the early Danny Sheridan favorite to be caller of the year. Let's, let's check in with Gabriel next. Uh, hello, Gabriel. Hello, Paul. This is Gabriel from Cullman, Alabama. I was really scared when I turned on the radio and they said, Dubois, I misunderstood. I thought they said Mike Dubose. Please. Please. <laughs> I know you and I both. Mike Dubose, uh, was, he was an Alabama coach who replaced uh, Gene Stallings. He was such a disaster. I went, he's from Op, Alabama. I once wrote a column about him, and my first line was, Mike Dubose. The flop from op. It it just it was like deja vu for a moment. No, no, this guy is much better than Mike Dubos. From his record, he seems to be. He won't embarrass. I don't know whether he'll win a championship, but he won't. He won't humiliate the university like Dubos did. Well, I'm an Auburn fan, so but I'm scared to death of him. I'm, I'm sure you are. Hey, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Lamar is in South Dakota, the homeland of the new Alabama head coach. Well, roll tide from South Dakota. And, Great to hear um, from you. Thank you. I actually grew up in Alabama, first time caller, and I appreciate your show. But um, and on the on previous coach Saban, everybody wants to talk about how bad he did in the NFL. His first two years in the NFL were better than than most <laughs> but um i know the greatest just retired but his first two years was better than his so well, he was only there two years input. i know but uh but is and i'm glad he came to alabama because i remember as a child listening to alabama lose homecoming games and things like that and that was um hard times but um so, but um i i i want to say that i appreciate you know the leadership because I think they fell into that having to hire somebody, you know, within when, you know, Bear Bryant passed away. I mean, when Bear Bryant left and then they, you know, they didn't do that this time. And we've heard the same things when they hired their basketball coach, but he wasn't, you know, from the South and things like that. But so we here in South Dakota are happy though. I'm glad um, to hear that. Thank you very, very much. Paul is in Atlanta. Hello, Paul. Hey, Paul, this is Paul. How are you today? We are doing great. Thank you for checking in. 
just real quickly, uh, did Coach Sabin or Mr. Byrne or any of the group that chose Coach uh, DeBoer, did they consult with any of the alumni, any of the football players, or any of the students as to who they liked the best? My best guess is no, they did not. Well, that's who supports the university. If it weren't for that three group, uh, the University of Alabama would not exist. From all that I could tell, most of them favored Lane Kiffin. Kiffin could hit the ground running on day one. He's a great uh, offensive coordinator. He knew how to call plays. He's, he should have been the next head coach, in my opinion. It's not well, too you may late. be right, uh, but uh, not I, I, am, I am told, yet. I am he told reliably Nick, Nick, Nick Saban did not want Lane Kiffin. Other people there did not want Lane Kiffin, but primarily I think I think Nick Saban killed that deal. Well, Saban should have gotten over his anger with uh, with him, and he, he never did. I blame that on Nick. Uh, it was not uh, his fault whatsoever, but um, he could hit the ground running from day one. I worry about DeBoer being able to do that. Number two is um, – well, that 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 is my number one issue. Is uh, Nick uh, DeBoer just won't be able to hit the ground running on day one, in my opinion. Well, he's going to have to. Uh, and 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 Paul, the first thing he has to do when he meets with his team, and he better get to Alabama as quickly as a plane can fly from Seattle to Tuscaloosa, is is, is calm everyone down because you know, you, are, you already have one really uh, elite player in the portal. There are a lot of rumors flying. And this first weekend is a critical moment for him to calm the waters, make sure everybody uh, stays the course, and then, and then get going with the coaching staff. We will take a break. Mad Dog Russo joining us next hour. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming FX's. Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Back and uh, Mad Dog Russo will join us in a couple of minutes. Jim from Tuscaloosa joins us now. Well, I love what you said, Paul, because sometimes it takes people to, to actually pull something out of you that you might not say ordinarily about yourself unless they do it. I've done it often on the show. But it was brilliant because you told the truth about sapient Nick Saban. That's what he is. He proves it. With a, I never knew he made that statement because about, about, about flower child from California, lame kitten. He's not sapient. He's not, he, he's a, he's a, he's a, I don't know what, he's, he's, a, he's a good offensive coordinator and that's it. And, and Saban told it right. He didn't need, he's not, he's not, he's a, he's got the maturity of about uh, somebody like Dominique, a 12 year old. And he's proven that he's not qualified to be a head coach at Alabama. And thank goodness he's not. But anyway, I just thought that was great because Paul, you know, the other Paul from Atlanta, <laughs> it's just so wrong. That's all I know to say, Paul. I, mean, I, I didn't know that Saban said that, but it really, even in, increases my my uh, confidence and so forth in Nick Saban. That's, that's a great. That's great that he did that. Thank you very much, Jim. Always great. Appreciate it. Stacy is up next. Hello, Stacy. What's up, Paul? Fine, Bob. What's up with you, baby? Uh, I just want to say this. A little birdie told me that Dominique he need a he need a belt. He need a wood. I like him, but 
that little boy out of control. So that's how I feel about that. But uh, well, hold on a second. I'm, I'm not that. Fa- I'm not. You know, I think you get a little bit uh, heady. I mean, it's not your your place to to discipline. You think Dominic needs a weapon? No, I like Dominic. Hey, hey, hey. If he was my son, I'd, hey, I, I, I'd give him a raise. I'd, I'd raise his allowance. Hey, I, I love him. But he's he's a, still I mean, he, right, uh, Stacy, I don't know how to break this to you, but right now he's the best Alabama caller we have. Well, that's your opinion. I, no, no. Well, my, I like I, my opinion. I like okay, that's my opinion. Yeah. So, but anyway, Paul, let me go back to what J.K. Hey, Stacy. One uh, uh, are you twenty thousand leagues under the sea? Where are you right now? <laughs> we can barely hear you. I'm in a hospital. Oh, okay. I'm in a hospital room. Paul. Okay, well that's fair. Go closer to the yeah, window. But, uh, yeah, I am, I am close to the window, Paul. But I okay. wanted to say this about uh, J.K. Paul. I hope you can hear me a little better now. You sound but great. I wanted to say this to J. I wanted to say this to J.K. And you can weigh in on this, Paul. I don't think that a black African American would never be a head coach at Alabama. I don't think that would never happen for millions of reasons. But anyway, I love my tie. I love my tie, and I'm gonna ride with my tie. Now, I don't think that the boy is the right is the right answer. I think whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on a second. Why don't you think the boy is the answer? Well. I don't. First of all, I don't know anything about him. Number one. Number two. There were some games that Washington should have lost You're right. before they even got to the football college playoff. Okay. So I, I mean, I just you know from from what I have seen, from what I have saw, you know, I just don't think that you know he he's the answer. Now I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong right, down the road, nobody, I'd be nobody man knows who who's going to be right or wrong. But I mean, he just played for but, the national championship four nights ago. That's true, but let me say this Did, uh, to you right here. Did your team play for the national championship? No, they didn't. You, so he's, okay, Paul, he's done you something want, your coach hasn't done in shots, three years. Paul. Paul, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just trying to Let be me honest. go to my next question, Paul. Let me go to my next question, Paul. I mean, with my next statement, Paul. I think Lane Kiffin should have got the job. Lane could have came in running. All the recruits would have flew to Alabama just because that name Lane Kiffin in Alabama. Now, I love Nick Saban. I thank Coach for what he has done. I thank Coach Terry for what she has done. But Nick Saban made a mistake if he had any say-so in Lane Kiffin not coming to Bama. Thank you, Stacey. I hear you. Luke is up next. Hey, Luke. What's up, Paul? Um, So... I'm a diehard Bama fan. I have been. I went to Nick Saban's first game. I think I think they played Middle Tennessee. I was only about three years old. Yeah, they did. It was a. Um, I was. It was. It was a. Everybody was there. It was a crazy night to think that we were all at this terrible game. But Alabama lost games like that under Mike Shua. Right, right. And then I just I just came back from the Rose Bowl, in Cali. So I was the bookend for Nick Saban. So I thought that was pretty cool. But anyways, um, I'm I'm excited about DeBoer. Um, I've got a couple concerns that maybe you could try to talk to me a little bit about. Let's hear it. So um, obviously he's not a, he's an offensive guy. I mean, a, a pretty well polished offensive guy. But um, how do you think you know he could go about the defensive way of the game nowadays as far as 
maybe getting a new coordinator. Well, I don't know who his coordinator is going to be. Um, you know, the defense at, at UW was good. Uh, it had a hard time against Michigan and, and Texas stopping the run. But other than that, uh, they, had a very complete, well, they had a very complete team. Hey, thanks for the call. We uh, head to the break. We uh, are, have had a busy afternoon. We're still waiting something for uh, official word from Alabama, but it's all but done. But the announcement that uh, DeBoer will be the new coach. We have Mad Dog Russo, top of the hour, and we are coming right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back. Mad Dog joins us in a couple of minutes. Uh, maybe maybe we should do this with the do- with Doggy. Just have him debate Legend and Jim from Tuscaloosa and Larry. Wouldn't that be funny? Legend, you think you could handle Mad Dog? Man, I want Mad Dog like the Orioles whoop the Yankees this year. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, give Mad Dog a message for me, Paul. Tell him that the Yankees are the Orioles' new Mitch. And with Ooh. Anthony Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, and Jackson Holliday. Wait, wait, now, now, Legend, what are you talking about? Ray? We got Reggie Jackson at cleanup. We got, uh, we, got, we got Guidry. We got Billy Martin co- uh, managing. Man, you're living in the past, brother. You're the past. <laughs> Have you ever heard Mad Dog? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, Mad you, Dog. You got, all, you got Earl Reaver, uh, Jim Palmer. Uh, come on, yeah. come on, come on, legend. Yeah, Frank Robinson, Boog Pie. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean we got Blatt, a better team. We got Mantle. We got Maris. Yeah, I can't deal with that. Whitey Ford. Yeah, I can't deal. I can't deal with that. You know, Elston Howard was an Oriole. You know Babe the shame Ruth of it. I know that. I know that. I know the '60s Yankees lineup better than I do the 2024 Yankees lineup. Yeah, the, the 2024 Yankees are they ain't got it. Even even bringing in Soto, that ain't gonna help him. They no. still the new Orioles mitt. They still the Orioles mitt. Hey, Paul, I'm finna aboard the Legend plane. I got a black hat for Dominique. I'm flying to Pittsburgh to see if he'll be the president of the Junior Black Hat Club. <laughs> That's that great. a powerhouse. The brother's a powerhouse. Rock on, brother. That's the future of the Paul Firebomb Show. I lay my black hat down. That's the caller of the year right there. Hands down. I don't know what Stacy talking about, Paul. Sound like he's jealous of something. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. He's jealous of the dude. Come on, Dominique. You're a powerhouse. A black hatter. Hey, Paul, I love this hire. I'm feeling better today, baby. I love this hire. I think Coach DeBoer brings something to Tuscaloosa that we ain't had in years, and that is an elite offensive mind. We didn't have it with O'Brien's dumb butt. I think Tommy Reese was just a student in training, more or less, in my opinion. But I believe this guy brings the one thing that we have lacked, and that is an elite offensive mind. And I don't know what Isaiah Bond and Ryan Williams is thinking, but they need to come on back to the A, baby. The A is bigger than Nick Saban. It's bigger than Bear Bryant. It's bigger than Joe Namath. That A stands for something that is the most powerful represented symbol in all of sports, baby. Our fans, our me, we love you. Get your butt back to the A. All the players, hold the roll. You represent the A. Nick Saban may be gone, but the London's still here, baby. It ain't over. Hold the, hold the rope. I want to tell Coach DeBoer, I'm glad you're coming on, man. You got all my support. 
But get your ass to Tuscaloosa tonight on the red eye. You need to be at Caleb Downs' house right now. You're right. The vote, the voters are circling. Them Ohio State uh, vultures are circling. Them Auburn vultures are circling. They circling these players, trying to pull them away from the A. Come on, guys, hold the rope. At least listen to what the man has to say. Paul, this is an elite offensive mind guy. When you think he's got three wide receivers and they're doing a uh, McMillan and Pope that are going the top 100 of the NFL draft this next year. This guy's an elite offensive mind. I love the hire. I'm back, man. I'm feeling better today. I even canceled my psychiatrist appointment a while back. I don't need it. Dominique and Coach DeBoer brought me back, baby. I love the hire. Roll down, tide. It's on, baby. Come on, Coach DeBoer. Buckle down. Let's do it. Let's do it. and Let's do it big. Dominique, you're a black hatter. You're the true caller of the year, baby. You brought fire back to the legend. I love you, dude. Stacy's just a jealous, whiny ass. Don't listen to him. If I had a son, it'd be you, Dominique. Matter of fact, I was in Pittsburgh about 13 years ago. <laughs> Love you, Paul. Oh, roll down time. Mad dog. The Yankees or the Orioles, Mitch. And don't you forget it, dude. Legend has left the bill. Now, I don't mean to be a therapist here on a Friday afternoon, but Legend sounded to me like he was trying to talk himself into this hire. Anyway, what, uh, Dom, uh, Augie is up next. Well, I'm sure Kalen DeBoer is, like, relieved now that he got uh, this moron. He got the uh, vote of confidence. Yeah, and Paul, you need to watch what you're doing. I mean, you're contributing to the delinquency of a minor. You got a 12-year-old about to get kicked out of school because he's <laughs> writing a script for your show. <laughs> yes, I mean, he is. the kid's entertaining. I don't know why, but, but I, I like gotta, that. That was me when he was, I was his age. Yeah, but you eked by. He might, you know, be ended up washing cars because no, of I barely, you. I, I barely got by. It was getting by or go to prison. Well, look at John from St. Louis now. He's bringing up uh, Ellsworth and the Pentagon Papers, and he's revising history. But, Paul, you were a bit testy today with Sklabach, weren't you? I mean, you were pressing him, and I think he got a bit perturbed with you. Well, uh, I got testy because he's a reporter. And I expected more context than uh, they don't like Lane Kiffin because of something that happened in 2016. You know, Paul, here's the thing. They're all jumping on the DeBoer bandwagon now. He's a great hire. He's a great hire. And, and I think it is a good hire. But they've said this about other coaches who have flopped. And then when they end up flopping, they all say, well, you know, he was really not the best choice. I think reporters, a lot of them, are the biggest two-faced clowns on the planet they say one thing one day and then hopefully in the next so, four you're, years, you're saying reporters are bigger clowns than attorneys well that's part of our job description reporters don't have that supposedly in theirs but it should be the question i have for you paul is there any hope for us at lsu that washington will hire bk none uh, by the way bk oh, is God. uh is building a uh a behemoth right now. You, you're not. You, you, yeah. you just, I mean, I'm telling you, he's got an amazing coaching staff. Yeah. His recruiting right. for next right. year is is right. sky high. Who, who, I like what I, was, I see from uh, Brian Kelly. Uh, Brian Kelly, uh, very very much so. Jacob is up next. Hey, Paul, how are you? We are doing well, thank you. Just two quick questions for you. 
How long do you think it'll take, or do you see it happening at all, for DeBoer to win a uh, ring at Bama? And do you think he's going to bring his offensive coordinator with him? Well, he would definitely bring him if he doesn't get the job. That's the question. Uh, will he uh, be the heir apparent? And there's going to be a there's going to be a push to get that. That seems to be the new trend these days is to elevate. But I don't know the I don't know the politics of the University of Washington very well. Gotcha, gotcha. But well, I, I think you, I think I think predicting uh, it was a little bit easier to predict Nick Saban because we knew more about Nick Saban. Uh, I mean, I think everyone is going, this is going to be a well-received hire. This is a, uh, this is going to be perceived as a win because of the fact that DeBoer was in the national championship game on Monday night. So uh, whether he can recruit in the South uh, and around the country, I have no earthly idea. I mean, that, that would be foolish for me to try to make that determination. More on the DeBoer hire. Coming up next, Mad Dog Russo. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.